Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hello and welcome to the Monsters of Socks podcast on the Monsters of Socks podcast network, the number one baseball podcast network in Australia, Switzerland, Kazakhstan, and Sri Lanka. Shout out to the Sri Lankan listeners. Um, Really wish I was on the streets of Colombo with a bowl of curry right now, but I am not. I am in Boston. My name is Dan Secatori. I am the managing editor of OverTheMonster.com. I am joined by a number of people today. Normally, you hear Brian Joyner's voice to welcome you to the pod, uh, but we're doing things a little bit differently because, guys, it is opening day. Happy opening day, everybody. It's the most Woo! wonderful time of the year, baby. Oh, yeah. Listen to that enthusiasm. <laughs> you guys are uh, – you, you sound as enthusiastic as a bunch of people who, like me, may have gotten several uh, emails from the Red Sox ticket office over the last uh, couple of days talking about how many tickets are still available for this weekend series. You sure don't want to come, guys? Huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what's, the, what's the forecast looking like? It's not good. <laughs> it's going to be bitterly cold tomorrow. It is going to be bitterly cold tomorrow. All right, you we can have warm up very... with a seventy dollars sweatshirt, though. Dan, yes, um, well, yeah, and and well, the, the new watermelon margarita that they have too will keep you warm regardless of how. It's that served. sounds gas. Don't do not underestimate the uh, the ability of a beer blanket to help you out there. I am not, and I will be having one tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> we have a very special episode for you guys tonight. We have a roundtable discussion uh, to open up the season. The last time we did this was to end the season last year. 
Um, to start us off, we have a couple of new voices that you guys might not be familiar with. You just heard one of them there. So I'm going to introduce our new people. Um, first, we got a new show since last time we did a podcast. We got a show called The Pod on Lansdowne. Uh, it's going to appear every Wednesday. Um, we wanted to get all three of them on. Um, Jake had a medical emergency. Liam just completely flaked on me. Um, and Fitz is here for now, although my understanding is that he has to wake up at 3 a.m. because he's a fisherman or something and needs to be on the docks in Gloucester time. Not- I think Fitz does mean fisherman like, like, or like son of a fisherman or something like that in Irish. So I don't think you're too far off yeah. the, uh, the bean path there. So there you go. That is Fitz. For those of you Hello. who haven't heard his voice, welcome. Um, just to give a little peek behind the curtain uh, of, of how the Pot and Lansdowne guys got here. When I uh, started this job late last summer, I spent a lot of time sort of trolling Twitter, looking looking for people who were smart and funny about the Red Sox. Um, I saw these guys' names pop up a few times. And then uh, on the night, uh, I don't remember which one of you jabronis did this, but on the night of the uh, Astros combined no-hitter in the World Series, um, does anyone remember that? That seems like a long time ago. It feels like ages ago, man. I don't even remember what I had for breakfast like two days ago, man. That's <laughs> then, you, then you probably won't remember this, even if it was you that tweeted it out. Um, but on the night of the combined no-hitter, when all of baseball Twitter was arguing over whether it was a real no-hitter or not, which, which it wasn't a real no-hitter for the record, um, like I said, one of you guys tweeted out, it's only a real no-hitter if it comes from the no-hitter region of France. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess. You know what? I'll do a little bit of digging if you do another spiel introducing someone else on the side. My I inkling know, is, is I think that's a Liam one. I it really does wish that was sound me. like a Liam. I think yeah. that's Liam. It sounds like I saw, I saw that tweet and I was like, all right, I, I, all right I'm signing these guys up. Um, <laughs> So they are here now. Like I said, every Wednesday, Pondo lands down. Our other new voice, um, someone else you haven't heard on the network yet. He just joined us as a writer, uh, but you may have heard him because he is the host of the Big Bad Bees podcast, affiliated with Stanley Cup and Chowder. Jake Reiser. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be sitting comfortably warm at home. As much as I'm eager, I got my hockey thermos ready to go sit in 40-degree cold-ass weather at Fenway tomorrow. I'm excited to get up there and get going for the season. Jay, quick question for you. Um, Speaking as someone who lives in Massachusetts but hasn't watched a single minute of hockey since the last Olympics, um, are the Bruins good this year? Maybe. If you look at the standings, I think I'd say so. (laughs) I've heard they're kind of good. This is a really fun watch. You know, if the Red Sox aren't your thing for the first month, month and a half of the season, I know that April baseball is maybe not the funnest thing to watch. Go find the Bruins. These guys are on an incredible tear. They're probably going to clinch the President's Trophy, which is the best team in the NHL sometime in the next week or so. The playoffs start for them. Next week or so? Yeah. Oh, they were going to clinch it wait, last oh, night. Wait, it's April. Nashville. It's almost yeah. April. I guess the season is almost done. I, for some reason, I had it in my head that it was like February right now. Yeah, the um, regular season ends about April 15th. So it's here crazy. for yeah. opening day. It's, um, it's crazy how it all just kind of mashes together. But Bruins hockey, you know, really fun to watch right now. Eventually, we'll just have Red Sox baseball, though. Yeah, yeah. I do want to say, for the sake of our website, maybe let's not tell people to go watch the Bruins for the next <laughs> month and a half. They're not into the Red Sox yet. Um, this is why we have multiple monitors, people. Have the Bruins on one and the Red Sox on the other. That is true. The miracles of modern technology, you know. Amen. 
I promise I will watch my first minute of hockey at some point during the Stanley Cup playoffs, um, at which point I'm sure I will quickly become an expert um, and then I can come on your Bruins pod. So there we go. Keaton, Keaton DeRocher. What's happening, dude? Not much, man. Just uh, getting excited for the start of the season and just ready to fire up the old quad box right in the middle of the day. Nice. And we do we have Brian? J- hey, Joiner, what's happening, dude? <laughs> I'm not gonna lay the details of what today is entailed on these fine people in Keaton, but holy shit, am I ready for opening day? Thank goodness. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's get into it then. Before we get to the roundtable discussion, I want to do a brief reset of where we are and how we got here. Um, so if you guys remember, on October 5th, 2022, the Boston Red Sox defeated the Tampa Bay Rays 6-3. to J.D. Martinez led the way with two home runs. Xander Bogart chipped in with two hits. Matt Barnes locked down the ninth inning to save the game for the winning pitcher, Edward Bizzardo. It was the 162nd game of the season, the Red Sox 78th win of the season. They finished in last place for the second time in three years. That was the last baseball game the Boston Red Sox played that counted. Then the offseason began, and for a long time, absolutely nothing happened. Then the winter meetings began. In the first few days of the winter meetings, absolutely nothing happened. But then, on the last day of the winter meetings, so many goddamn things happened. Kenley Jansen signed. Masataki Yoshida signed. Ian Bloom and Sam Kennedy split a California blend called Pessimist, Pizzeria, and Zinfidel. Retails for $26.99 at Macy's. You guys remember that? Remember how fun that little wine bottle was? <laughs> After that... There were approximately 76 different reports that Xander Bogarts and the Red Sox were close to signing an extension. Jared Carabas kept posting gifts that people thought meant something for some reason. And then we all woke up to news that Xander Bogarts had signed an 11-year deal with the San Diego Padres. I and Bloom needed a minute, and then another minute, and then another minute. Then the winter meetings ended... Justin Turner and Corey Kluber agreed to contracts. John Henry went to a hockey game. Here you go, Jake. John Henry went to a hockey game, and according to him, and wasn't nobody booed. else wasn't booed. I'll have you know, all right? Was, <laughs> not, was booed. not booed. I just can't believe that he owns the Penguins. It's just <laughs> flabbergasting to me. <laughs> I don't think he knows he owns the Penguins, so you're not the only one who can't believe that. <laughs> Two days later, after the Winter Classic, Raphael Devers signed a deal that will keep him in Boston throughout the prime of his career for a lot of money. And then five days after that, Trevor's story went under the knife with an arm injury. Then it was winter weekend where John Henry was definitely booed. Uh, then it was spring training. Yu Chang happened. Rymel Tapia happened. The World Baseball Classic happened. And now here we are today. So tomorrow is opening day. The lineup for the Boston Red Sox or at least the regular, not necessarily tomorrow's lineup, but the regular lineup will be behind the plate, threat to public safety, Reese McGuire. At first base, the mayor of Red Sox Twitter, Tristan Casas. At second base, the former Florida Dairy Farmers High School Baseball Player of the Year, Christian Arroyo. The left side of the infield, the dueling faces of the franchise. Playing third base, the pockmarked baby-faced Rafael Devers. 
Next to him, the mayor of Gooftown, Kike Hernandez. In left field, the man who provided lineup protection for Shohei Otani on Samurai Japan, Masataka Yoshida. In center field, a guy who's not really a center fielder, Adam Duvall. In right field, the winner of the 2023 Best Shape of His Life Award, Alex Verdugo. And at DH, Kike Hernandez, partner in crime, Justin Turner. Rotation will be Winchester, Massachusetts' own Corey Kluber. Chris Sale, who, ladies and gentlemen, is healthy. How about a round of applause? Breathing, alive, all four limbs, 20 digits, count them, he's got them. Yes, we have two days to get him healthy, to, to get him safely to his next start on Saturday against the Orioles. He'll be followed by Tanner Houck as the third starter, Cutter Crawford as the fourth starter, Nick Pavetta as the fifth. Nick Pavetta will make 30 starts for this team. Gentlemen, let's get it out of the way right now. That is going to happen. In the bullpen, it's going to be Kenley Jansen, Chris Martin, Richard Blyer. Uh, uh, who, am I, who am I missing here? Joely Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, Rodriguez. Mr. Personality Schreiber. himself. Mr. Personality himself. That's how we're going to end it. Ryan Brazier in the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, you went through that entire thing, Dan, and I didn't want to cut you off, but the miracle of the entire offseason is that this entire time, Ryan Brazier is still collecting paychecks from the Boston He's Red Sox baseball club. God paychecks. bless him, man. You know? Um, what a country, far, saw, there, there were no more moves today, right? So that's that's pretty much it. That there's there's mm-hmm. your team. Ref, Ref Snyder, Tapia, uh, Wong uh, on the bench. Who am I missing? There should be one more bench bat. Did you say Ref, Ref Snyder, Snyder? Wong, Tapia, yeah. Yu Chang? Yu Chang. Thank you. I did already mention Yu Group Chang. Group A, the, the MVP classic, of Chinese Taipei. I know. I know. I feel bad. Um, so there you go. So there's the roster. Um, so let's start off. Brian Joyner. Starting with you, Brian Joyner, deputy editor of OverTheMonsters.com. I am starting with you because you have written and spoken quite eloquently in the past about how much the Mookie Betts trade has killed you inside to an extent. So tell me, heading into opening day, on a scale of 1 to 10 Doug Mirabelli police escorts to Fenway, the time Doug Mirabelli was police escort to Fenway being by far the most exciting thing to happen to baseball in the last 20 years, how excited are you for the 2023 Boston Red Sox? Six. I think that... I was expecting higher. <laughs> Continue. No, I, I... How low I mean, were you before? I, I don't think I was ever lower than this. I think six is the highest I've been plainly since 2019. And I still think this is a bridge year. I think it's a five-year rebuild and this is the fourth year. Now, better things could happen this year, but if I start bumping that into the seven range, then I start getting expectations. I don't want expectations. <laughs> I want I want, I want. want everything to be gravy. So I think it's at six because... I think, and we'll get into this, that barring the Red Sox bottoming out, this whole thing is going to play out through next year and the Bloom experiment will not end. I I firmly believe that this is a five-year plan that will be seen through all five years. This year, I just want to see as much good stuff uh, as I can, but at the same time, I do realize that Nick Pavetta still may 
might make 30 starts for this team and probably will. <laughs> and that's yeah. like, right. So I'm, I'm working within, I'm managing expectations, but, but six, no matter how it sounds on an absolute level is a much higher than it has been re- recently. So that that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Cause I know, I know you have said you were sort of sucked back in for the first time in a while. Um, and not to spoil it, but I saw on you know on our staff predictions, you did you did predict them to sneak into a wild card spot. Um, I thought I was going to hear I thought I was going to hear a seven from you. I did, um, but I can't argue with your reasoning. No, the seven uh, because I can't really back up why I think this team will be better than expected outside of positive regression in stats and like vibes and like that is not quantifiable so i'm not really throwing that at a seven i'm i'm sticking with my six i'm 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 happy with it all right who's is anyone higher than a six i'm at an eight jake if you want to go first you can but i'm at an eight eight all right that eight let's hear it all right so i I, sorry i didn't mean to jump out in front of you there jake but i'm at an eight so Kind of like what Brian said there, I don't want to get my expectations too high. And my eight in terms of excitement is sort of based on the uh, the idea going into the season that I'm not expecting a ton. For the record, I think this team goes 80 and 82. I'm not expecting them to get into the wild card. I think it's a volatile team. I think the there's a high ceiling and a low floor. This thing could go, you know, completely up in flames. Or there is a world where this team wins 90 games, gets into the wild card, and then anything can happen. It's baseball, of course. I'm going into it with an 8 out of 10 in terms of excitement. Based on, and it's interesting that Brian's mentioned the vibes not being quantifiable, which is true. But I do feel like there is something a little bit different in terms of this team. Building towards something positive. Last year was one of the least enjoyable years in recent memory, memory, and that's saying something after 2020. I guess I really wouldn't count 2020 because a whole lot of other that things did, are going on yeah, that, that year. Yeah, that didn't even happen. Didn't yeah, count. right, yeah. So, yeah, just taking that Sorry, out of there. LA, it just, right, it was just a boring, just bleh year, you know? Even some of the bad years that you've seen with the Red Sox, you know, the, the clown show that was 2012, at least that was funny. It was horrible, but at least like, we, we were able to get some yucks out of it a little bit. 2022, not so much. Obviously, coming off of the disappointment of 21, the uh, ALCS run there. Looking back to last year, there was just sort of a nothing bleh void. I mean, there's not many, not not too many highs, some some pretty deep lows in there, but just sort of just kind of a, a nothingness to it. But you look at this team now, you look at this 2022 team, you see a youth movement going on, you see potentially a positive culture change being built. Uh, towards the future so I go into 2023 with that eight with that excitement knowing that this could be to quote high school musical the start of something new you've got Tristan Costas potentially getting 500 plus ABs hopefully Brian that where that quote comes from I feel like that I'm sure there's a, a lot of other references yeah, say, it's kind of, that. kind of generic to pin that down to one source Fair <laughs> yeah yeah the start of something new it's not exactly the most unique of phrases but pe- people of my age uh, will definitely appreciate that Troy and Gabriella shout out uh, in any event um, you know Casas potentially getting into the rookie of the year mix Brian Bayo hopefully throwing something like 150 innings or so I would love to see that laying the foundation into something bigger and better in 2024 and beyond is something that I'm excited for. Even if it doesn't 
reflect itself in the final record. I think it's going to be a more uh, enjoyable team to watch. I think it's going to be a, a more fun viewing experience. And uh, I think it could set up something positive. Now, are other people going to feel the same way if they do finish 80 and 82? I don't know. I can really only speak for myself. Um, even if they do finish just below 500, if it's an enjoyable year, you know, that's th- th- there's something to take away from that. So that's why I'm excited for that. And again, if, if things break their way, if the pitching holds up, if Sale can give you something resembling a full season, it, 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 things could. I don't know. Weird things have happened in baseball, especially with this team. So that that's why I'm going in a bit more optimistic. I'll give it an eight. Well, I find it funny that Fitz is more optimistic to finish 80 and 82. And I predicted them <laughs> our staff thing was to go 85 and, and it's almost like that says something deep about your respective personalities. But here's my thing last year, we, we rightly say last year was like disaster. They won 78 games, which is yeah. like, no, they were like they were the most disastrous second win team ever. It's, the, yeah, it's had, not horrible, right? They but had just, no soul. Like I, right, I don't, it was just nothing. Like, it was ugh. What was the pinnacle right. of last season? What was the speaking, best moment that happened last year? What was the uh, number one Red Sox moment you would say on the field? Well, Probably that walk off. I mean, all of June was insane. June, June, June right. was cool. That yeah, right. That that was they, um, they had that little run there for like two, two, three weeks or so where they yeah, were where they went the like twenty five and five and lost the game in standing somehow. <laughs> Trevor's story was p- possessed by Willie Mays, uh, basically. Yeah. You know, you know the uh, uh, the ghost of Ted Williams for for a month there. <laughs> uh, but like that walk off win against the Yankees, what early July that was. That was cool. Then everything, yeah. uh, you know went belly up right after that almost immediately but you know for the most part nothing really stands out a ton from last year even though 78 wins isn't god awful it just it just felt like just such a drag of a season speaking of uh, such a drag let's welcome jake Devereaux to the stream (laughs) oh fighting words what's up buddy i've had a tough day he knows it he knows it uh But Jake, Jake is here. Jake has joined us on the uh, on the show, and we are talking about how excited we are on a scale of one to ten for the Sox this year. Why don't you jump in? Put you on the hot seat. Oh, um, I'm at a two. Whoa, a two. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. No. You combine us, you get a ten. So there you go. Right. You know? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> World Series back on. Um, yeah. I, I, honestly, a little insane to me, but go ahead. I, I have no idea uh, what you guys are at as far as numbers go, but yeah, I I don't uh I don't see a a ton of hope for this team. I'm excited for individual things. Um, I'm excited to watch as much Masataki Yoshida as I possibly can. Um, I'm excited to see if Chris Sale can uh, get back to being Chris Sale, um, and. I guess I'm excited to see if Brian Bale has a breakout. Um, those are the only things that are exciting on this roster to me. Um, I'm not really expecting much from a lot of the new additions. Like I think uh, Adam Duvall is going to be fine, but I don't think he'll hit for a ton of power playing center field. Um, I think Casas will be okay, but I think he's going to be a little bit of a slow burn. Um 
Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I feel like I'm really bringing the energy uh, down here. And <laughs> I'm, back I'm off. just confused uh, by you don't think Adam Duvall will hit for power. What? I, that's the one thing we he will do. No, actually, when, when Adam Duvall has played center field, he's really uh, not hit for power. Um, so that's been that's been a real thing. Like numbers yeah. have backed that up. So they have I, backed it up. I will jump in here though because I I did I did write an article a few months ago specifically about Adam Duvall's power. Um, you are right, Jake, that he was he, he he didn't just not hit for power. He didn't for anything when he hit for center field when he was playing yeah. center field. But he only played center field for about forty games last year before yeah. he was injured. So I don't think we can read into into too much of that. And he was also their center fielder during the World Series run. He was frequently moved over or replaced in late innings. But he was when Adam Duvall hit that grand slam in the clinching game of the World Series. He was penciled in as a center fielder in that lineup. Um, I am a little worried about him too, though. That said, though, because. The particular injury that he has and the surgery that he got this offseason, I did take a look at it for that piece. I found it, it, it is something that's happened to a couple other sluggers. It happened to Mark Teixeira. Um, it happened to Jose Batista. It happened to Nick Johnson. And it also is what happened to David Ortiz when he went through his little mid-career slump. Um, and all four of those guys did experience um, to, to – Greater and lesser degrees, it wasn't as bad for Batista. It was catastrophic um, for Nick Johnson and Mark Teixeira. They all did experience power slumps in their first year back. They all rebounded from it. When Nick Johnson didn't, he just retired and quit. But the others the others rebounded from it. But the first year back, it was rough. And I am a little worried about that because an Adam Duvall who doesn't have power doesn't really deserve – to be a baseball player. Um, yeah. Like he's, he'll be fine in center field, but he's not going to be great in center field. And he literally does nothing else. Um, I was going to say um, like of the list of guys that you just named, he has much more in common with Nick Johnson than yes, you know, any enough. of the other names. Those other guys are, are, are much fair better. Enough. But I, I don't want to, I got to be honest, Stan, just quickly in there. Oh, the only thing I heard in there is at some point, I don't know if it's this year or sometime in the near future, Adam Duvall is going to hit like 600 in the World Series and beat the Cardinals in six games. <laughs> there you uh, go. You know thank what I mean? That, that's all I took thank from, you from bringing this up from the. Thank you for bringing it up. This, this is not – we should not be spending too much time on Adam Duvall. As, as, as interesting as he is, it's very – if Trevor Story is apparently going to start swinging a bat in two weeks, if he comes back and pushes Kike to center field, we never have to worry about Adam Duvall again. So uh, Jake Reiser – uh, bring us, you raised your hand when you said you were above a six. So bring us up from Jake's two, please. I'm going to bring it way up. And I'm actually at a Dude. nine. But, it's not, but it's not, is it not quintessential before opening day to want to say, hey, let's get the duck boats ready. And then play every yes. single game afterwards for the rest <laughs> of the season. Hope Springs Eternal. And then it doesn't. <laughs> As someone who is genuinely baseball starved, even with how fantastic the World Baseball Classic was, I'm beyond excited for this season just to see some semblance of hope that something's there. And I genuinely think that it's there. As Fitzy talked about, you know, vibes aren't exactly quantifiable, but vibes can be a little bit quantifiable. You can see it with the mayor of Red Sox Twitter, Tristan Casas. You can see it with faces like Raffi Devers. I don't know if you guys just saw he was in a Jordan's commercial speaking English, and it was just really was fantastic. He? Yes, he was. I just saw it about five minutes before we hopped on. Raffi Devers speaking English. I've seen it. He's going for it's that really Dustin Pedroia bag. There. Exactly. Oh, man. 
intro to yeah. see guys like Rafi. Is this going to be like an actual commercial on TV, or is this just one of those? It, it, it is. It is. It's, that, it's that classic Jordans. If the Red Sox player hits a cycle after July 31st, everything is oh, free. Oh, oh, Jordan's furniture. I thought you were talking about Jordan's shoes. I'm way less excited now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's talking about the uh, the place where you could buy a couch and also like ride a roller coaster for some reason. <laughs> yes, the same, yes. you know? the oh, yeah, I'm extremely familiar with Okay. Jordan. I was but, so excited. I thought I thought you were telling me that Rafael Devers was on a national commercial for Jordan sneakers. Okay, I have the best memories of watching <laughs> Dustin Pedroia in those O'Reilly's commercials. You guys can't say the same thing, too, That's right? True. That's true. But, you know, just to see some semblance of hope, see these new faces of the franchise really come out. We've thought we've had them for years. We thought Mookie Betts was going to be the face of the franchise. We thought Xander Bogarts would have been a captain, but... It's Rafi Devers' team now, and I'm excited to see where it gets taken from here, where it gets taken in the next season. I agree it's a bridge season, but I think we're going to have fun regardless. All right, Keaton, we just went from two to nine. I feel like you're probably going to be somewhere in the middle. Am I right? Yeah, I am. I'm like a six or a seven-ish. I, uh, I don't have a ton of high expectations, but there's a lot of things that I'm looking forward to seeing. And a lot of people have already touched on it already, like getting to see an entire season of Tristan Cassis, super pumped about that. Getting to see as many innings as possible from Brian Bayo, super pumped about that. Uh, whoever may end up getting called up from the minors, um, potentially like a second half run of uh, Rafalia, that'd be amazing. It'd be super fun to watch. So there's a ton of like, Individual performances, guys that I'm looking forward to watching during the season. Um, but the overall team performance, I'm expecting to be like 84 wins and not make the playoffs. So there's like things within the season that I'm looking forward to watching and I'm excited to watch. But the my expectations for the entire season are not super high, but still excited for baseball to be back. And watching all these guys. Oh, and Yoshida, obviously, super excited about him. Was excited about him before the, the World Baseball Classic. And his performance at the World Baseball Classic just made me even more excited about it. So there's plenty of guys I'm really excited seeing play for the Red Sox, seeing how they progress, all these youngsters. Um, just uh, mixed feelings on how I think the team will perform over 162. Can I just really jump in here for a second, though? Yeah, go I, for it. Go I on. just want to rectify my two here. <laughs> Um, my two is strictly <laughs> about this Red your Sox. Deuce? My, my deuce, your deuce, yeah. So my two is strictly about this Red Sox roster. Like it's it's very it's a very uninspiring roster, but I am so happy uh, that opening day is here, um, and I actually am more excited for baseball in general, like the whole MLB. Um, than I have been in years because I think all the rule changes are super positive and I think the star power is in an amazing spot and we were going over the awards um, you know potential MVP Cy Young rookie of the year I mean all that stuff uh, is is in a great spot right now um, so even though like I look at this Red Sox lineup and and pitching and I'm like eh, it's kind of devoid of hope here um, all of baseball is wonderful so I am still feeling the opening day vibes, and I think we're going to carry a lot of that energy that we saw with the great WBC yeah. over to the opening day. Yeah. 
That's, Sport really uh, isn't Jake a great just spot. talked for more than 15 seconds, so it doesn't count. So, boom. <laughs> That's why Bob Osgood is not in the show, by the way. I heard I heard his awful World Baseball Classic take, and I said, you're canceled. Uh, so <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> I find Sport it really isn't such a great spot. I find oh, it interesting saying, right, that none got... of us mentioned Garrett Whitlock, who I think will be the best pitcher on the Sox. Um, All right. Well, wait a minute. It's a good segue then. All right, Joiner. I don't know. If, I don't know if this is going to be your answer, Joiner. But let's move on to question number two. Who do you think is going to be the most important player on the 2023 Red Sox? Whose performance will have the biggest impact on either the team's success or failure? Well, I don't know if I'd pick Whitlock. I'd probably pick you. <laughs> I probably pick Yoshida because I think that he is going to, first of all, on a very real level, play so much that his result, he's going to bat at the top of the lineup. He's going to bet, play every day. What he does is naturally complementary to what Devers does, but it's perfectly complementary in the best in the best sense. And if he is as good as I think he can be and might be, I can see the rising tide lifting the Sox up. I would not pick Garrett Whitlock strictly because I'd rather die than trust a pitcher. So I'm going with Yoshida. <laughs> Isn't Yoshida bad and clean up to start the season? He is. Yeah, that's what they've announced, at least. He's, he is, he is Just, your cleanup here. Do we, do we even know, have, man. have they not? We don't know who's leading her off, right? Like, is it? It's a round table between Kike Hernandez, yeah. Alex Verdugo, from what I believe. I'm going to go totally contrary to Brian. I have to pick a pitcher. And I'm going Kenley Jansen here just because I think one of the positions that the Red Sox have been dying to lock up, fans have been dying for years since Craig, uh, the heights of Craig Kimbrell, is a def definite closer. Matt Barnes couldn't do it. Whitlock would have looked great in it, couldn't do it. John Schreiber is not there yet. I don't know anybody else in the system who could take over that role. So I think the pressure is all on Kenley Jansen to shore up that closer role. I don't know how to quantify it. I probably can. I just didn't do it before the show. How many wins were squandered <laughs> last season because we didn't have a definite closer and how many blown saves or blown holds there were in the eighth? I, so can, I can I look that up. I think it, I think it was I think it was ninety two, Jake. I, I think it was ninety two <laughs> blown saves. I can double check on that though. That's that what it felt like. Totally right. But I think to have a definite closer, someone who's actually going to lock down your ninth inning, that's the difference between making the wild card and being that like 80, 78 win team season who's totally on the out and out. That's going to be your big X factor right there. I think Kenley Jansen is super important to this roster. I think okay to to back you up on what you said, a if it was just three games last year, they're a 500 team, right? And then on top of that, the only the only corrective of I have to you is that I don't know who else could be uh, the great closer, and it's Chris Sale. But like, we're not we're not going to mention that because he's he's a star. <laughs> we're not ready for that conversation just yet. We're not ready for that conversation. But I like that. Yeah. Well, that's a good All segue. Right. That's a very good segue right there because, in my opinion, the 2023 Red Sox go as Chris Sale goes. I think. Thank you, Fitz. I can't I believe he, it took three people to say this. I think I, I I don't know if that's the easy answer, but I think it's the, the right I answer. Think it's the definitive answer there. Chris Sale is how old now? Probably thirty three. Thirty three. Something like that. Yeah. I so thirty three. So. 
Been a couple years since he's been totally healthy. You have the Tommy John thing, you have the bicycle trip from hell, and everything in between that's happened since then. You have seen snippets of Chris Sale over the past two years. You saw him with that fiery, you know, walking off the mound after striking out Kyle Tucker in the ALCS against the Astros. Game four, I believe that was. Um, Game four, I forget which one it was off the top of my head. The point is that, you know, he looked sharp there. The start he had before the comebacker against the Yankees in July of last year, that Rays game, that was the Franchi Cordero first base error game uh, that made me lose sleep, he was wicked sharp in that one too. So you've seen these snippets of when Chris Sale is on the mound. Maybe not vintage 2017 Chris Sale, but still an effective starter who could act as a stopper, a stopgap guy in your rotation. We need a win. We need five or six really strong innings from our ace. You take the ball, Chris. Give that to us, please, and thank you. That's why we're paying you the money. We're at a crossing roads with it here, and I know he's. Un- I understand he's towards the end uh, of his of his contract here, at least getting big money with the Red Sox. But if he's going to be paying dividends on the deal that he received a couple of years ago, it's got it's now or never at this point. He's healthy. The injuries he sustained are not elbow related or shoulder related. They are flukier injuries, but he seems to be healthy now. Don't think the ribs are going to be an issue. We're going to keep him away from bikes. He's going to be like the bubble boy in Seinfeld. We're going to keep him, you know, hand deliver him to each of his starts that he needs to start at. Um, but again, on the wrong side of 30, this, this is where the rubber meets the road with Chris Sale in terms of this, uh, this contract he's received. I think he can perform well. But if the Red Sox have any aspirations to play somewhat deep into October, it starts with him. So I think he is the pivotal piece of this team. Yeah. Fitz, so you about that? volunteering to be his personal bodyguard for the whole season? <laughs> Listen, he names, he names names the time and place. Someone fills out the, uh, you know, the proper paperwork. I fill out the W-2. I, I could be there tomorrow. You know. Also, also if you'd believe it, Tomorrow is Chris Sale's 35th birthday. I was just going to say, 30, no, today 35. is. Because it's because remember, it's open. It's, it's well, March Oh, that's true. Right it's today. That's it's right. Today. We're recording. Happy birthday, birthday that's right. Chris. Happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> my, my present to you was thinking that you were two years younger than you actually yeah. were. That That's COVID grade of work right there, you know, just two yeah. years Wait, behind is it, so, so, Jay, I, I just, is it, is it his 30? It, I, I'm looking at his, his Wikipedia page says he's 34, but it says he was born on March 30th, 1989, which right, to me means so 30. He's turning 34. Today, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. 34th birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. We're starting. Miss <laughs> yeah, right, so. is maybe that's maybe that's what the whole thing is about. Why he's not starting on opening days? Because he's getting he's out at he's at the TAM right now, getting wasted. Yeah, you know he, he's deleting some beer. Who can let a man live? Who amongst us, right? Um, um, with this that, is one hundred percent the right answer, though. He is yeah. like a healthy Chris Sale is one of the 10 best pitchers on the planet, all right? So forget about adding a closer. Like, add one of the 10 best pitchers on the planet to last year's team, and what happens? That's If if he's healthy, that's what he is. And not only his performance on the mound, that also keeps guys like Carter Crawford out of the rotation. And yes. the actual rotation. Just and the ripple guys, effect yeah. that it has. It's, you don't want a Caleb so Bourne throwing big innings, Keaton? Huh? Josh Winkowski, guys, come on. Hell of a spring, but you know – I don't know if we can count on it. And honestly, so much of why last year was bad was because there was so much dead weight at the bottom of the roster that got a ton of playing time. New future Yankee superstar, Franchi Cordero, Bobby Dahlbeck, <laughs> Jaron Duran, 
like you said, Cutter Crawford, Josh Winkowski, even though Crawford had a good run in the middle of the summer. Like there were so many at-bats in innings pitched by players who shouldn't be in the major leagues and thanks to some depth moves, probably won't be on the Red Sox this year. Um, so that's a really good point. Keaton, is Sale, is Sale your answer too? 100%. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. What's the reason? For me, for me to disagree with Keaton, but I just want to point this out. I usually point to 2021 and say, fluke, 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 and it was. But Chriselle <clears throat> pitched 42 innings that year, and they came two games away from the World Series. So my only point is that there could still be a path. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. You hold the keys, Mr. Sale. He holds the keys. Um, hey, with that, fellas, keep keep on keeping on. I got to log off uh, at the round table. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you guys virtually and talking with you guys virtually. Uh, definitely feel like we're going to run this back at some point. So um, until then, enjoy your opening oh, day yeah. uh, drubbing of the Orioles. And uh, the path to 162 uh, starts now. And uh, hope all you all right. enjoy it. Nice hearing from you, Fitzy. Take care. See you, folks. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Jake Devereaux, you are the last one to answer this question. Most important player on the team. Who you got? Oh, it's Chris Sale. Yeah, this this was an easy one for sure. Uh, Keaton and I talked at length about this with Bob uh, as well on the Red Sea podcast, and it's the, the Sox go as Chris Sale goes. So I, I'm not gonna beat that dead horse, but I completely agree. I think you know having that front end ace is uh, one of the most important things in baseball, not just from a wins and losses perspective, but from a, a mental perspective as well. Giving the line up a bit of a break uh, when those guys are on the mound, not feeling like they have to, you know, go out there and score 10 runs. I think that's just, it's huge mentally. And I think it really does a lot to help reset the bullpen as well. So uh, every team needs a stopper and Chris Sale can be that. I will say this, Joyner, um, in your defense, Yoshida is probably the most important player for the next four years because I think like the 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 there being a next great Red Sox team depends on a core of of Devers, Casas, Meyer probably and Yoshida and if Yoshida is bad then the five-year plan is in big trouble I mean the only counterpoint I have is we had June Lee on the pod and he mentioned like nine guys he thought were critical to the Red Sox having good season. And Chris Sale wasn't even one of them. He didn't even, just didn't even consider him. 
I don't even and remember I, that. Part that of can the be used to to y'all's point, and I understand to be like, yeah. well, if he's a superstar, then you add that to the base that is not him. And I think he's gonna be good. I just don't agree. <laughs> That's the best I can do. Best I can you do. don't you yeah, you don't you don't you don't believe you don't believe he'll be healthy. I don't believe that his performance is the single greatest variable this year. You know, I feel That's like you could turn your scenario around on back onto oh, please yourself do. and say that <laughs> so in 2021 he did pitch 42 innings and they were two games away from the World Series. And they only made the playoffs 50, they might by have won one the World game. Series. Sure, they made the playoffs by one game. You can go through the whole roster and then go through how everyone project uh, performed compared to you projected. Could, or you could just stop at Chris Sale. Just, you could, you know. and that would help you. So go, so you do that. You know, not to rehash last year's exasperating season, but that sale injury, that comeback against the Yankees was just the straw that broke the camel's back for everybody. I think there was so much buildup for so much of the season. When is sale going to get back? When is sale going to be healthy? When he gets back, we can have a solidified rotation. We can maybe sneak ourselves in there. And then that injury happens, and it's just completely deflating to the fan base, to the team that was so detrimental to everything last year. I do think there's a lot of hope riding on sale to back these guys up. I do think that the team, as Jake is saying, the team is emotionally invested in sale. And as I've written about, and is obviously true sales, relative talent level to historical baseball players, obviously higher than Yoshida's is higher than anybody's on the Red Sox, including Rafael Devers. I just think that at this, I think my broader point is at this point, I think injury concerns are sort of just baked in, but I would be thrilled to be wrong on this. I'd be thrilled if you were wrong too, Brian. (laughs) Look, Jake and I, Jake, Jake G and I, See you and I die. That's right. Um, all right, moving on then. So, so speaking of uh, Chris Sale, a guy who might surprise at least Brian Joyner, um, who on this Red Sox team is going to have the most surprising season, either surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. Keaton, who you got? I'm going to go with Alex Verdugo. I believe – finally going to happen and he's finally going to have that breakout and um i just i don't really have anything in it besides last year he showed kind of instances of being able to put it together uh the second half of the season uh he finally uh i mean he did he had a ton of bad luck where he was just hammering the shit out of the ball and just the results weren't there um a lot of bad, bad bit of luck. And then it just kind of, with the way everything else was going, it just kind of felt like it was piling up. Um, it feels like this is the make or break season. Um, I believe he's got like another year. But if he wants to basically play his way into an extension, it feels like a lot's riding on this year. Uh, he's got a lot of confidence and swagger. He had a nice little World Baseball Classic 
to get things going, playing competitive games early in March. We also need somebody in the outfield to have a really good season. Um, the Red Sox keep kind of messing with his spot in the lineup and also in the field, and it feels like coming into this year, well, I guess except for the spot in the lineup because I talked about how this is going to kind of rotate around, but um, it feels like things are more settled or at least understood now. Um, and Jake and I have talked a bunch about how when guys uh, are able to settle in their role, I feel like they can be a lot more consistent. So I think given all those factors, it feels like maybe things are coming together for Verdugo. We're finally going to see that breakout. I don't think that's going to happen at all. <laughs> but that would be nice. <laughs> I very much believe that Alex Verdugo is who Alex Verdugo is at this point. Anyone, anyone else agree with Keaton that Verdugo is going to be a, a surprise plus this year? I think it could happen. Um, I almost went there. I, I mean, I'm going to choose somebody else uh, just because I want to be different. But um, I support you, Keaton. I think that Verdugo has that talent to do it. Um, I'm not sure the mentality is 100% there all the time. Um, but I think if it's going to happen, it is in his best interest for it to happen this year because he's running out of time before he's going to hit free agency. And that man is definitely financially motivated. I mean, look at how many chains he has. He needs to be able to afford yeah. those things. That <laughs> is true. Don't forget right, about so those who, girls now. And the girls. <laughs> yeah. So who is your choice then, if not if not Verdugo? Um, my biggest surprise is uh, going to be boring to you guys, probably, but it's Christian Arroyo. Would you uh, guess how many plate appearances Christian Arroyo had last year? He had uh, probably around – Okay, there you go. So you looking this up, or is that a guess? Off the dome. Um, I, it couldn't have been that many, right? I'm going to say no. 320. 300. He had 300 plate appearances last year, and that was his career high. I think my big prediction for Christian Arroyo is that he is going to push 500 plate appearances this year and that he is going to be instrumental to this team being successful. I would love for that to happen. Um, I'm a huge Christian Arroyo truther. Um, wrote a big article last year after he had that. You guys remember that one game against the Braves? Uh, like in, in August when he, they, I mean, the, 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 he single-handedly beat the Braves, the Red Sox. He had like a home run and like a, a, like two doubles or something like that. Um, yeah, I think like if if he's healthy, I think he's a guy. He probably ends up around with like somewhere eighteen twenty-one home runs. Probably, you know, maybe only going to get to like a three fifty on base percentage or something like that. Um, but yeah, I love that pick. Um, does anyone uh, have a surprisingly bad pick? Joiner. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was trying to come up with one because I wanted to balance it out. And as you guys were talking, I was looking through the roster and finding someone who relative to our expectations right now, and I think that's very important might not live up to uh, our expectations. And, and just say it, just he say doesn't, his name. no, 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 he doesn't have, 
the thing is he doesn't have to live up to expectations to keep his spot on the team because he's so versatile but i think that batting wise kike hernandez could leave something to be desired and he's been really whipsawing between relatively bounded OBPs and slugging percentages. And if he hits the, like he did last year, if he hits the the bottom on both, he will still be a valuable member of the team due to his defensive versatility. But I'm the, the bat. If he can put together an average season for him, and I'm talking like, 320 slugging and 400 uh, 320 OBP and 400 slugging. I'm cool with that. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. That's that is a really good pick cuz he holds he holds such a weird spot in in the psyche of most Red Sox fans right now because he's he like the IT so guy. Good. He's like the IT guy at a company. It's like at a small company. That guy does everything. He does everything. And, it's like and and, so, and for people who like might not have been familiar with him when he was on the Dodgers, like he came in and I, was either first or second in in B War on that twenty twenty one team, and then turned into Babe freaking Ruth in October, mm-hmm. and in a lot of people's mind, you know, in a lot of people who, who are following the team more casually, it's like, well, Kike Hernandez is a star. And his injury was looked at as as one of the major reasons why they disappointed last year. The fact is that 2021 was by far Kike Hernandez's best season. And he was almost certainly never going to be that good again, just because that's how career years work by definition. Um, And yeah, I mean, I I don't think I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he falls down to like, you know, just a, a, 2.8 2.8 war win player or something like that this year. Yeah, I mean, I completely into... agree. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. I just think like, like everything you said about him is well, both of you guys I think are dead on uh, with with the Kike stuff, but like his personality and the way he's perceived, it, it's just outside ex outside expectations follow him around just because he is that guy and like Devers even though he's he's fun and like there's there's good memes about Devers and stuff like that like he doesn't have the same type of star personality uh that Kike Hernandez does so I think in a Red Sox market that's really starved for star power right now he's sort of feeling filling that personality void and uh, I do agree that he has very many limitations as a baseball player especially at the plate so yeah, I, I would be shocked if he got anywhere close to his 2021 value this season. I think that's Kike, a really good pick. Kike is extremely online to uh, – I don't mean this like like he structured it this way, but he's extremely online and it sort of overshadows what he does on the field as opposed to Casas, who's extremely online and it's going to supplement what he does, which is the exciting part about him. But Jake Reiser – I'm going to turn things back positive a little bit. The Garrett Whitlock experiment is finally going to have some clarity. I think we've talked a little bit about it with Alex Verdugo having some clarity about where he is in the lineup and where he is positionally. 
Garrett Whitlock, is he a reliever? Is he a starter? Is he your closer? Is he your setup man? What is he? And he's finally a dedicated starter. He's had a whole offseason to prepare for this. If he can bring 75% of what his remarkable first season in a Red Sox uniform was to the rotation, that's beyond impactful. Again, to keep guys like Cutter Crawford, Josh Winkowski so far back, completely out of our heads, I think Garrett Whitlock has the potential to bring it now that he has the right mindset. It's going to be the positive spinoff of what the Red Sox wanted to do with Daniel Bard years ago, that Bard was a closer or a setup guy. They tried the starter experiment, totally ruined his confidence. It's going to be the complete opposite situation here. I think knowing that he's a starter for this whole offseason, just having that peace of mind, knowing how to prepare, I think is going to be so impactful to that rotation. Keen, you're a big Whitlock guy too, right? Yeah. Are we all? Who's not? I, I, I mean, I'm I'm extremely worried about his ability to stay healthy. <laughs> like, like at least with Chris Sale, like Fitz was saying, like Chris Sale's injuries were one freak accident after another. Like the only thing that didn't happen to Chris Sale is is his his foot like didn't get caught in the rope of a hot air balloon and get him like <laughs> flying above the city so it could just knock into one chimney after another. It's the only thing that didn't happen to Chris Sale. Whitlock, like a hip injury, and remember the surgery. He had the surgery on this thing a long time ago. Like, it, was it? Was it even? It might have been in October or September or something. And I think it was still, early October. Yeah, yeah, it was a long time ago, and he's yeah, still not really ready yet. Um, you know, in a hip, I'm not. I'm neither a major league pitcher nor a doctor, but I feel like the hip's kind of important in the throwing motion. Um, I, I, I loved Whitlock two years ago. I was really upset with how he was handled last year. Cause I just wanted him to be a starter and that was it. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty worried about his body. I gotta say. Well, that's why this is his prover year and why he's going to surprise the heck out of all of us. Yeah. Let's <laughs> hope so. Fair enough. Um, before we move on, let me ask one question. Was anybody when they considered this, a little bit tempted by the devil on the shoulder to say Raphael Devers. Not in the slightest. Nope. nope. Zero. Maybe an eensy weensy bit. I feel like now that he's got that star contract, you don't know what that does to a person mentally and how that affects your game. But the dude has just such raw talent. And I think he's going to blow us all out of the water anyway. I mean, I certainly hope so. And we've all seen the talent. He was, for the first half of last year, one of the five best hitters in all of baseball. And then, for about six weeks, he was one of the five worst hitters in all of baseball. Um, And he ended up, for as much as we love the guy, and for as much as we think he is going to be a superstar, I mean, you know, he ended up with a very good four win season didn't hit 30 home runs didn't hit 300 OBP right around 350 really 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 good hitter but is he going to ascend to like top 10 hitter in the game like I think we all kind of are hoping and assuming he is I don't think think he needs to ascend I think he just needs to get back if he can get back to his baseline performance I don't care what number he is in the league he's worth it yeah, I mean, I think there's a little bit of a 
a false narrative around like this idea that Devers was the safest of the three stars that the Red Sox could have hitched their wagon to, you know, like the, the whole decision-making process about whether or not they were going to tie up Bogarts or Betts or Devers. I feel like Devers is more risky than people uh, give him credit for. And I think the risk is tied up in the fact that like, he doesn't have a solid defensive home. He could, he has a, pretty high maintenance body it appears i thought you, know? you were gonna say it doesn't have a solid body <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's it's true um and i i just think like the the hitting prowess that he has it's great and he can hit the ball a mile but i think his swing is also incredibly violent i think it's very reliant on his bat speed and i could see the back half of this contract being really ugly Whereas I think when you look at, you know, Bogarts and Betts and their underlying skill sets, I think they would have been much sure Betts to age gracefully. Um, so from that standpoint, I do worry a little bit about it. I'm just not very worried about it for the next like four years. Yeah. And, and, you know, Hey, to be, to be fair and balanced here, a couple of people have already mentioned Yoshida's WBC performance is something that's got them excited. Rafael Devers was one of the most disappointing hitters in the disappointing Dominican lineup. Um, maybe, maybe we don't care about that, but if we're, if we're going to, if we're going to give credit to Yoshida's performance on, on one side, I don't know. No, that's not, that's not how the preseason works. <laughs> you wipe away the bad shit and the good shit is indicative. Yeah. I don't, well, I don't mean a rookie, And then the good shit doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't mean to be a downer. It, he, he very easily could pop 40 home runs this year. Wouldn't, wouldn't shock me in the least. I do think well, he I mean, is a hitting genius. You and I have talked about it. Like the contract for however many years it's for, it's really for five years. Like you're right. what you're paying for is the next five years of him to play. And to do that, you have to pay for the subsequent six. And like, that's what it comes down to. So I agree with Jake, but I think that the way this works, and I think on a secondary level, the fact that there are so many contracts that are so similar right now means that they're just going to get, shuffled around in, in five or six years when people want to get out from under them and other people don't care, blah, 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 blah. So I really think it's like, we want, I don't know how Devers' swing is going to be in eight years, but I think it'll be fine for the next few. Can I just say controversially here, Devers would have been my third choice out of Betts, Bogarts, and Devers. Well, I knew that coming from you because you are Xander's <laughs> biggest fan. And <laughs> and plainly, if it was an uh, if they were all up for a contract at the same time, bets would be the answer. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that's controversial whatsoever. I mean he's this yeah. he has the, the second same time best at the same age. At the NL. same time at the same age. Right. And like yeah. he's the second best odds to win the NL MVP this year in his whatever fourth year on the Dodgers. Yeah. Like, if he stays healthy, I think that's one of my biggest concerns with Betts. Just the last couple of years, he's been pretty injury riddled, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing major, but he's definitely battled little knocks every season in LA for sure. 
And his role on that team is also in a little bit of flux, especially because of that Gavin Lux injury that they have. Do they make Mookie Betts a full-time infielder? I would be, I don't think they're going to, but I know, I know he has been working out at second. I think that would be the coolest fucking thing (laughs) if he did go to second base after. Fantasy baseball players have their fingers crossed. (laughs) That's true. Um, All right, we're hitting the hour mark here. So let's move on to our final question. Um, Jake Devereaux, I'm going to make you start. You answer this first since you. Since you came in here hot with a two of your level of excitement, who is going to be the next Red Sox player to win the World Series MVP, and when is it going to happen? Oh, man. Um, World Series MVP, huh? Um, It will be uh, Frelly Encarnacion, who's... 17 years old <laughs> right now and it will be in 2032 2032 okay i don't i don't think that, i i just <laughs> my point with this is i just don't think that it's anybody who's going to be on the opening day roster this year you don't uh, think we're close i don't think we're close i think that we are really 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 far away um you know, it would have been fashionable for me to say like Miguel Blaise or something like that, but I don't know. Miguel Blaise is is only nineteen. Like you went with right. a seventeen year old. Like you could have just gone with him. I could have. I could have. I wanted to throw a deep cut. All right, somebody give me somebody on the roster right now. <laughs> I ruined your segment. I'm sorry. <laughs> I so I, I went with somebody not on the roster, but I went sooner than whatever year Jake was going with there. <laughs> I went with Shohei Otani, twenty twenty-five. Oh, you just ruined the ending that I had planned for this <laughs> segment. But go ahead, you ruined it in the best way possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there we go. Big free agent splash. And uh, World Series champs 2025, Shohei Otani MVP. Yeah, I mean, we all agree it's not going to happen, right? But yep, but it's fun to dream. Could you imagine? (laughs) Could you imagine? Just everyone, like, take a moment to close their eyes and think about what happens to the Boston Red Sox in New England if Shohei Otani signs with them this offseason. My excitement level would go up significantly. From a two to at least an eight. I'd poop my yeah. pants. Yeah. No, I'd be at a ten, to be honest. I just That's got my Shohei Otani uh, Japan uh, WBC gear in the mail. Pinstri- pinstripes? The pinstripes? I, no, it wasn't the pinstripes. It's just oh, the, right. The it was the blue shirt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is that is was the blue one like got the satin sheen that the the, the white satin? I don't remember. No, it's flat, but the the lettering does really kind of pop off. Uh, it's it's like orange, ordered right. orange letters. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty sweet. You know, All I'll right. go with someone who's actually on the roster, and I'll go let's say five years from now. I'm going Tristan Casas. I think yes. 
it, it might be a slow burn to start this season. I think that was Joiner who said that, but no, yeah, I wait, think- no, you're right. Hold on, no, <laughs> wait, continue, and then we are going to go back to this because it was Jake who said it, and I meant to make Jake answer for this. So Jake Rising, you continue, and then Jake Dever, we're going back to you, and you're answering. <laughs> we're saying it's going to be a slow burn. And I think for a guy who's got such a high ceiling as a power hitter, someone who's got kind of the minds of Red Sox Nation on him now, like you're the guy who we're all relying on to show off the high and bloom experiment, how the farm system has really improved, how the development within the whole system has improved. And I think he's going to actually be the guy to do that. If he's on this opening their roster, he is. He's going to be the first baseman. If yeah. he can just continue to prove himself and build year over year and not let that pressure, especially knowing how Boston media can be, knowing how tough and critical everybody can be, if he doesn't let that get to him and just continues to develop in a really healthy way over the next couple of years, I think he's certainly the guy who could be really pivotal in a World yeah. Series be that MVP. And, it, and he's not going to let it get to him. We know that because we know he wants to be a star and he's ready for it. He's been hitting bombs all spring. He's been hitting bombs off lefties all spring. Jake Devereaux, explain yourself. Uh, well, let me first pose a question, Dan. Um, yeah. How many home runs has uh, Tristan Casas ever hit in a full calendar year of baseball? Uh, I, I think probably it's probably something like 16. You're you're pretty close, yeah. His his high is nineteen, um, okay. but he he's he's fluttered between nineteen and seventeen home runs per year. Um, the the issue with Tristan Casas is this: um, he's a very patient hitter. That's a good thing, but he's also a bit of a passive hitter at times. And he is, uh, and he's said this before. He said it in an interview very recently that he is just not super concerned with. Um, what launch angle he's hitting the ball at. He's really just concerned with trying to hit the ball very hard. Um, and sometimes he hits the ball very hard into the ground and is an enemy of all worms in the uh, infield. But, um, you know, I, I think Tristan Casas is a, a hulking physical specimen and will eventually uh, get to his power. But I think that the years where we're going to see Tristan Casas be like that true middle of the order threat that you think about when you think about a six, five, you know, hit first, first baseman. Um, that's not going to happen for a while. I think that's going to be like four years down the road. I'd be shocked if he got to 20 home runs this season. Shocked. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I guess, the, I guess the, the, if, if you want to start with the point that he's only ever hit 19 in minor leagues, then that's a fair point. Um, but he's been injured a lot. He had the Olympics. Like he, and there was 2020 season. Like I don't think you know. If you look at his minor league development, it, it wasn't a straight line. There were a lot of things that were that were bumps in the road there. Um, and I just like I, he has maybe the most advanced approach of any rookie I can ever remember. And I feel like when you combine that approach with his physical tools, his his floor Do you mean on is the Red so Sox high. or like ever? On the Red Sox. I mean, he's not one. So, okay. But okay. yeah, um, maybe he's one. No, Nomar would like a word. <laughs> Yoshi might be one. Nomar's so approach was awful. I mean, I love Nomar, but his approach was he awful. He won rookie and he did 330 home runs as rookie. A, a brilliant hitter. But I'm just talking, I'm talking about Costas' approach at the plate and how good he is at pitch recognition. And how, and you can see how he's working to hit lefties. I think like he's 
No more. You know no what's more. better than you know what's better than working to hit people? Hitting, hitting people. people. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Fair yes. enough. No, but I'm not saying I'm not saying he's going to be a better hitter than Nomar was in 1997. I don't believe he is going to. Um, but I'm just talking about the way he approaches the game. Nomar famously sometimes didn't know who was pitching that night. Like he literally, like he didn't. He, he would wait. All of a sudden, the pitcher would go out to the mound before the top of the first, and he'd be like, "Oh, that guy, cool." Um, that's not Casas. I think when you take Casas's approach with his tools. Um, no, he's he's not going to hit 30 home runs like Nomar did as a rookie, but I I don't see any way how he doesn't put this all together. And, and his floor, just be, because of his approach, his floor is so high to begin with. Like, worst case scenario, worst case scenario, I feel like he's Yandy Diaz, right? Yandy from last year or Yandy, like, at his height? Like, I, I wait, I phrased that wrong. Is he going to be – do you think this year he's going to be as good as Yandy Diaz was last year? I think – well, he's definitely going to hit more home runs. I'll say that. Um, and I think – I mean, he's not going to lead the league in on-base percentage the way Diaz did, but I think he easily – I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year Yoshida leads the Red Sox in on-base percentage and Costas is second. I could definitely see that happening. I could see him being 80% of what Yagi Diaz was last year for this team, which would be a very good player, but just not a star. Yet. 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 Yes. I do think he will become a star eventually. He Hence why my World Series MVP timeline, I think, was five years. Five years. Yeah, perfect. There you go. He, I mean, he looks damn good this spring. He really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really did. All right, Joiner, I think you're the last one. Next World yeah. Red Sox World Series MVP. My answer was Shohei. I was gonna end. First, I was gonna end with a big. It's gonna no, be no, Otani no. next no, year. No, no, no. I'm I'm gonna end it big because oh. you're all cowards. You're all cowards. Every single one of you. And for the same reason that I think Kike could disappoint, makes him a very good choice to be a World Series MVP. And what better year than this year? 2023, baby. Kike Hernandez, World Series MVP. Is he still Boom. playing for the Red Sox at this point? Oh. Let's not worry about that. <laughs> I like it. You went, you started, you started at a six, you ended at a 10, Jordan. <laughs> he does have seem you been... like someone who, since he's gonna play every game, you know that he's gonna move around. If he got hot in the right way, right time, and then Fox is really playing up that everybody loves him. They're showing the pictures of his engagement and all that shit. Like people eat it up. Maybe not Keaton. He he does not look like he doesn't get excited about things. Guys, you can't see Keaton's face, but he's. Uh... I get excited about uh, a few select things. Blueberries, it's a, one it's of them. Blueberries, nice superfood. Yeah, gets excited on the inside. Yeah. Uh, wow. I was uh, I was trying to quickly look this up, and I feel like it's still close to, close enough to the conversation I can. But our uh, our great friends over at Scout the Stat Line uh, have awesome peak projections that they put together. And I wanted to. I was curious what they had for Tristan Casas, uh, and they have his uh, home runs per 600 plate appearances at 23, which was lower than I would have expected. 
Well, I mean, I think how much higher can you, I think like to Jake's point, like how much higher can you project if he's never hit 20 in the minors? Yeah. Um, I mean, based on the, I guess the raw tools, though, you're hoping for more, right? Yeah, I certainly am. Yeah. All right. I guess that's it. Does anyone else have anything to add? No, let's watch some fucking baseball. Let's watch some baseball. Happy opening day, everybody. If you are listening this on the way to the ball game or just at home getting ready for the game, check out overthemonster.com. You will see an art. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now in order to motivate myself to finish these tonight. You will see one article titled How the Boston Red Sox won the AL East in 2023. You'll see another one titled How the Boston Red Sox finished in last place in 2023. We got staff predictions up there. Um, we have positional previews. Anyone else want to add anything about overthemonster.com, the only fun Red Sox website? Big fan. I think that's the tagline. The only I, I, fun Red Sox. I mean, I can think of some others who would argue, but that wouldn't be fun of them. So screw. They're it. all wrong. Yeah, arguing. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I did briefly for. I, I briefly looked in to changing the little words that appear on the tab of a website. I don't know what the term is for that. <laughs> Maybe Jake or Keaton, since you started this with some programming talk that I didn't understand you didn't know I couldn't figure out how to do it so it's just it's still stuck at a Boston Red Sox community which is not fun and I want to change that ah <laughs> uh, your site subtitle I'm sure someone can figure site it subtitle. out there we go okay yeah I'll reach out to someone I don't know I think All everybody right. should be excited to listen to more of these being on a podcast network like we are right now with fans first I think everybody should enjoy listening to what we have to say Absolutely. And we should do every time we do the big round tables, we say we should do more round tables and then we let six months go by and not do them. So not this time. Who's like we? It's... Who's we, Dan? Who's we? Oh, okay. <laughs> hey. So I, we'll I, see you at the all-star break. So <laughs> I don't say hey, do I ever say no to anyone's ideas? I just yes. need the ideas. Yes. That's... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I do sometimes say no. I did have to kill an article about guns a couple weeks ago. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Happy opening day, everybody.